The Athletic. G'day there and welcome along to the podcast that brings you all the big F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. I'm James Baldwin and this is the Race F1 Briefing for Saturday the 2nd of March 2024, brought to you by our friends at Grid Rival. Coming up, we'll be looking back on the first race of the season and summing up all the big talking points coming out of the Bahrain International Circuit. So let's get into it. The Bahrain Grand Prix was the first opportunity for us to see how the grid would shape up in race trim and was both full of surprises for some teams and drivers and not for others. With Max Verstappen dominant once again, storming home a full 22 seconds ahead of his Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez. Ferrari was next up, as expected after testing, with Carlos Sainz third, but it wasn't smooth sailing for the team, with Sainz's teammate, Charles Leclerc, who qualified second for the Grand Prix, suffering an extreme brake problem with one of his front brakes, 100 degrees hotter than the other. Further down the field, Mercedes also suffered issues, both Lewis Hamilton and George Russell struggling to find pace on the hard compound tyre and battling overheating cars. And it's clear that the mid-pack battle will indeed be a close one this season. Although any thoughts of RB's V-Carbo 1 being a replica of the RB19 dashed with a mediocre showing that included its drivers nearly clashing after the chequered flag. And as I mentioned yesterday, it's clear that Alpine is in a world of performance pain, with the French duo running all but last, the only two cars behind them seriously delayed by problems. And then it emerging that the team's technical director and head of aero had both quit. So, Max's dominance. It's a familiar picture from last season, with the racer's Gary Anderson even remarking that he wasn't sure if this was simply race 23 of the 2023 season or race 1 of 2024, as it didn't see much difference overall. Verstappen held his lead down to turn 1 and never once relinquished it across the 57-lap race. He was able to leave his first pit stop later than anybody else, having built a sizable safety cushion of a lead in the opening 17 laps. Verstappen incrementally increased his lead, seeming at ease with his Red Bull RB20 and likely with pace in hand with no sight of a challenge behind him. Finishing with a clean sweep, he also took the fastest lap bonus point and extended his Grand Prix winning streak to eight. Max called it unbelievable and thinks that today went even better than expected, calling his RB20 super enjoyable to drive today. It's always very special to have these kinds of days, he added, because they don't happen often when it all goes perfectly and you feel at one with the car. Verstappen's teammate, Perez, couldn't threaten him, but he did a perfect job of completing the Red Bull 1-2. Having qualified fifth, Perez was able to overtake Carlos Sainz into turn one on the first lap before pouncing on the other Ferrari of Charles Leclerc on lap seven, after the Monegas driver locked up at the tricky turn 9-10 left-hander. Second is Perez's best result since last September's Italian Grand Prix. He said it was the maximum we could have achieved. It's a good team momentum. We've got to keep it up for the coming weekend. And he'll be hoping that he can continue that momentum too, as rumours continue to swirl about his place in the team for next year and beyond. The Race F1 Briefing. Charles Leclerc would have hoped for a much, much better showing under the lights in Sakia, with the Monegas driver suffering front brake locking issues around most of the track early on. Charles said that in the first 15 laps, the issue is getting a lot worse every lap and described it as impossible to manage. 
He said his fourth place finish was a good effort from Ferrari, considering everything, but added that he was pretty disappointed with the result and honestly thinks that second place would have been very possible. But even in that best case scenario, that still leaves Verstappen out in front. So for Charles, was the Red Bull driver as fast as expected? Leclerc said that it was difficult to fully know. He was quite optimistic for the race this morning because he had hoped that his Ferrari was probably better placed for race pace. But they didn't see or confirm that today, thanks to those issues. So they'll have to wait for Jeddah to see whether the gap between Max and Ferrari is the same or bigger than what Leclerc had expected. It was a better showing for teammate Carlos Sainz, who had pulled off a feisty overtake on Leclerc earlier in the race and hoped Perez being forced to use the soft tyres, with no hards available, in his final stint would bring second place into his reach. Now that proved not to be the case, with Perez actually extending his advantage in the final stint to secure second place. Sainz instead settled for a clear third best ahead of Leclerc, who pressured Russell into locking up and running wide at Turn 10, allowing Charles to move into fourth. I felt really good out there today, he said. Still not enough of where we want to be, but a good step forward from where we were last year and a solid start to the season. We'll get to the rest of the headlines in just a moment, but before I do, I want to give another shout out to GridRival. Throughout the 2024 F1 season, the race is partnering with our friends at GridRival to bring you our very own fantasy league with a prize pot of $5,000 up for grabs. It's free to join and free to play, and what's more, it's an amazing way to make watching each F1 race weekend more fun. How did you fare for this round? Do you need to make some changes ahead of Saudi Arabia? Well, now is the time to do it. And don't forget, there will be a number of individual prizes to be won over the course of the season. GridRival is the original app for fantasy motorsports leagues and is the only platform built by race fans for race fans. Sign up for free using the link in the episode description. And as always, good luck. To Mercedes now, where team boss Toto Wolff expressed frustration post-race about the performance and reliability of the W15. Speaking to Sky F1, the Silver Arrows boss said that he didn't know why the car lacked performance on the hards in the second phase of the race, and it's something that the team is going to need to understand moving forward. He also reckoned unexpected problems with overheating was costing Mercedes five to six tenths of a second per lap. George Russell ultimately rounded out the top five. He was followed by the lead McLaren of Lando Norris and his teammate Lewis Hamilton, who struggled to make progress from his disappointing ninth in qualifying and endured a tricky race that included Hamilton suggesting his seat was broken. The racer's Gary Anderson said during the race that you could very obviously hear Hamilton lifting and coasting at the end of the long straights, showing just how the overheating issue was affecting his car as that helped cool the engine. The team will be hoping for a better showing in Saudi Arabia next weekend, where it finished fourth and fifth in 2023, and is already confident that it will have solved its overheating problem by then. RB was a team that didn't quite deliver on what we were expecting after testing, with drivers Daniel Ricciardo and Yuki Tsunoda finishing behind Haas's Kevin Magnussen in 13th and 14th, although that doesn't tell the full story. Ricardo tried to temper expectations during testing, and it seemed that he was right to do so. The V-Carbo one not showing the pace to score points, let alone be in contention for a podium. Split on tyre strategy in the final phase of the race, Daniel Ricardo on softs was gaining on Yuki Tsunoda, who was running on the hards, and couldn't get past the Haas of K-Mag. A later-than-ideal driver swap was called by the team, leaving both drivers dismayed and frustrated. 
unseen by the TV feed at the end of the race, there was nearly a shunt between the RB drivers on the cooldown lap. Sonoda, unhappy with the team's instruction to let Ricardo through in the final laps, dived down the inside of his teammate at the turn eight hairpin, initially letting Ricardo through before passing him on the exit of the corner after the race was already done. The duo narrowly avoided a collision. Post-race, Ricardo gave his reaction to the late-race intra-team tension at RB, albeit without speaking directly about the cool-down lap shenanigans. He was pushing RB to let him through earlier and says, Being fully transparent from my side, I think the call was already maybe one lap too late to swap positions. Asked if he'd spoken to Yuki in Park Ferme, Danny Rick replied, No, no, I'll let him cool down. We know what he's like. He's obviously, during the moment, he's very... That's Yuki. But I think once we get back to the room, he'll be completely fine. I'm thinking long-term. This is a long season, so we need to be able to work together. So I'm not gonna come in there with an angry attitude. It's just we have to be very honest and realistic that it should have happened when they called it. New team principal Lauren Meckes will be hoping that both drivers will be able to move on quickly from this very public spat, not something he would have hoped for his first race weekend in charge of RB. Finally, although a collision with Lance Stroll ruined Nico Hulkenberg's opportunities this race, Haas will be much happier with their performance this weekend over 2023. As mentioned yesterday, the Haas suffered with faster tyre degradation than its competitors last year, meaning that race pace was always compromised. But with both Hulk and K-Mag able to put in great defensive and offensive moves and still seemingly having enough grip at the end of the race to hold their positions, the team will be feeling confident of their chances to get themselves out of the back of the pack and firmly into the midfield. Well, the first Grand Prix of the year is in the bag, and with Jeddah just around the corner next Saturday, we won't have to wait long to see what the teams have learnt from race one. The Race F1 briefing will of course be with you every day over the Saudi Arabian race weekend. And remember, if you want more on the stories we've given you in this episode, be sure to head to therace.com and don't forget that hyphen. You can also find the Race F1 podcast for a full detailed analysis on all the action from Bahrain. Thank you so much for your company today and, of course, for this race week. I'm James Baldwin, and I'll be back with another edition of the Race F1 Briefing presented by Grid Rival next week. The Athletic.